Hi there, and welcome to a special post-game one of the World Series edition of the Rashcast with Jake and John. I'm Jake. And I'm John. Uh, and full disclosure, we would not be recording this game if the Nats had lost it. No. Nope. But, amazingly, <laughs> against all odds, they managed to get five runs off of Garrett Cole to hang the first loss on Garrett Cole since May 22nd. And by the way, on May 22nd, the Washington Nationals lost <laughs> to go down to 19-30 and 30 on the season. Yeah. Uh, and Max Scherzer gutted out five innings of two-run ball. They got four shaky bend-but-don't-break innings out of the bullpen, and they managed to steal absolutely steal game one. Yeah, I mean, Scherzer wasn't sharp by any means tonight. He had nothing. He didn't have his fastball, didn't have his slider, didn't have his changeup. But the fact that he was able to get us through five innings against this lineup was remarkable. I mean, that was, I would argue, his best performance of the postseason when he just didn't have anything. And still, this is the best lineup he's faced and still managed to go five innings. It was remarkable. And he kept us in this game. And he let it all up for Juan Soto to do his thing. And that was also... I mean, there's so many great things about this game. And, you know, from Max Scherzer gutting it out through five innings. From Juan Soto's three-for-four night with three RBI, a homer, that amazing opposite field home run off, off uh, Cole. And then Ryan Zimmerman also having his big moment. I mean, I tweeted this during the game, but first homer in Nats Park, Ryan Zimmerman. First homer in postseason history for the Nationals, Ryan Zimmerman. First homer in the World Series, Ryan Zimmerman. It's just, it's so poetic. And Nats are three wins away from their first title. And it's just remarkable. And you really didn't expect this type of game tonight. And it was, you know, their approach was great there against Cole. They had so many great swings. I think they only had them go one, one, two, three, a clean inning. They had two, one, two, threes, but after a double play. Um, but one clean inning off Cole, just the way they attacked him, uh, every, there was a lot of hard, hard contact off of him. It was just a great game for the Nats offense. I mean, the Nats offense gets underrated. It gets kind of lost in what their rotation has done in this postseason and all season long. But the Nats had the second best offense in the National League. Uh, they were right behind the Dodgers and run scored, right behind the Dodgers in a whole bunch of categories. And they have a great approach. They were first in the National League in on-base percentage and second overall, second only to the Astros. Uh, and this team, I mean, they didn't grind out at bats against Garrett Cole because it's impossible to do that because he's got two good stuff. It's, once he gets to two strikes, it's impossible to really grind out in that bat against him. But what they did was they hunted strikes, they hunted hittable strikes, Cole was a little hittable with his fastball today, and the Nats didn't miss mistakes. Ryan Zimmerman, you know, if you had told me before the game that Ryan Zimmerman would get Garrett Cole, uh, I would have been shocked. It's a terrible matchup for him. I mean, he can hit in the high 90s heat, but it's that slider that's a neutralizer for him. Uh, and you saw that in the second at-bat, too, with Zimmerman, I mean, when he struck out against Cole. I mean, that slider got him going, and got him swinging, and... Like, that was the at-bat you expect from, from Zimmerman against Cole. But he was just able to pounce on the mistake pitch yeah, in the first at-bat. Yeah, he saw a fastball he could hit, and he crushed it to left center. 
And then Soto, uh, you can say, I mean, amazing things about that homer, and they're all deserved. I mean, to, to be able to show that kind of pop from a left-hander, to be able to go over the train tracks in left-center field. <laughs> That's Michael Morse territory. I, the, the StatCast measurements on that said 417. I don't believe that for a second. That's impossible. It can't possibly get over the train tracks, no matter how high the apex of the ball is, and go 417 feet. I think StatCast is broken in Minute Maid Park because that Jordan Alvarez homer that went tripled up like the third deck, they only said was like 417 or something like that, which was completely wrong. I This is my conspiracy theory that StatCast doesn't work in Minute well, Maid Park. Well, it makes no sense. You would think they would want to juice the StatCast numbers, but... Uh, yeah, just, I mean, that, that was an amazing display of power, but that was more of a, an amazing show of his gifts as a hitter than his second at bat, two outs, runners on first and third, Nats up three to two. He Cole falls behind three zero. He throws a perfect three zero slider. Soto takes, throws a three one changeup right in the zone. Soto thinks it's a fastball, swings through it. Three and two, Soto gets a slider on the inner half, and not only is he not out in front of it, he manages to inside out it, and not just inside out it, but crush it over the head of the left fielder, a scud missile off the wall. I mean, that is such an advanced approach from a hitter. There's no one else that I've ever seen who has an approach like that. And, And Soto, it bears mentioning... Is 20 years old. He'll be 21 in time for game three of this series. Man, it's I coming into this game, you had to think uh, that Soto might have been a good appro- a bat uh, against Cole. Uh, just because Cole is a high fastball pitcher and Soto is a high fastball hitter. By the way, they told a story on Fox. Uh, yeah, yeah, this was incredible. Uh, uh, apparently... Uh, Kevin Long, the Nats hitting coach, walked up to John Paul Morosi, the sideline reporter for Fox, and he told him yesterday that Juan Soto was going to take an elevated fastball out off of Cole to left center field. <laughs> and he did it. I mean... Yeah, it's incredible. I thought you were going to tell the story about Juan Soto. I mean, they were talking about this with Charlie and Dave as well, that Juan Soto, after game three, after the win... He stayed back at midnight to take batting practice on the field to work on his opposite field approach, uh, which has paid dividends so far. I mean, that double in game four uh, off of Luke Weaver, not, uh, not Luke Weaver, I mean Dakota Hudson, um, and then tonight with his t- two opposite field hits, it's just remarkable the amount of effort. I mean, you listen to, I was listening to a couple of uh, interviews before the game today, not- most notably from Ryan Zimmerman. And he was talking about how much effort Juan Soto puts into this game, and how he was how Ryan Zimmerman marveled about the effort he put in fielding, and how he would always come out there and and put in the extra effort and stay late in his fielding. And I think that just shows the maturity level of this twenty year old kid, the fact that he puts so much effort into his craft, um, of and works hard and stays the extra mile and goes the extra mile and stays late at. Stays after a win in Game Three to work on his opposite field approach. 
I mean, this kid is he's truly special. Yeah, I I mean, the reason that I said the I thought the the Kevin Long story was just really fascinating because it was it went to your point that he saw Soto as a good matchup against Cole. Cole loves to get people out with high fastballs, and Juan Soto can get on top of a high fastball no matter where you put it. Uh, yeah. But yeah. he's just, he works constantly on his approach. He's one of the smartest hitters you'll ever see. He's one of the smartest people you'll ever see, you know, in a baseball context. So learning English by age 20 so that he feels comfortable enough speaking and doing interviews on it. Just, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, he's a student of every aspect of the game, like you were talking about with fielding. Uh, I mean, he's, it's just, I cannot believe the Nationals have this guy and that we get to watch him for at least five more years. That's just amazing. That's, it's, it's great. And um, he's 20 years old. He's already getting comparisons to Ted Williams. Yeah. I mean, and Ted Williams, Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera, all three names I've heard thrown around with, with Juan I, Soto. And that's just truly, I mean, you can't ask for Well, I'll company. say this I mean, about the comparison to Ted Williams. Williams was too stubborn to go to the opposite field. It's not Juan's problem. <laughs> not nope. Juan. Uh, no. So, it's another thing just generally speaking about the Nats approach tonight is, you know, Garrett Cole had, I wouldn't say his A stuff, but definitely close to BB plus stuff. He was still very right. sharp. He wasn't like Garrett Cole to the max, but he was still very good. And the Nats managed to only strike out six times against him. And going into the series, everyone was talking about how uh, the Astros had this great strike approach uh, without striking out, you know, and they did. They had a great approach against Scherzer. And I think a lot of that is because Scherzer didn't have his off-speed Scherzer did stuff, not have his off-speed. So Scherzer's to... problem today was he didn't have his he fastball. Well, he couldn't locate the off-speed well, stuff in the zone. The problem with Scherzer today he couldn't... was he couldn't work ahead with his fastball. He couldn't get people to chase his off-speed because everything works off the fastball. Scherzer's big advantage and his big change since he's become a gnat, the thing that's made him so efficient as a gnat, is that he has this ability to get swings and misses on his fastball. And he can't do that if he can't locate it. Uh, and if he can't locate his yeah. fastball, basically he's, he's relying on sliders and change-ups and hoping people chase. Uh, and the, to their credit, the Astros didn't. They were very patient today. No. They were very patient, and I think this is something I mentioned um, in, I think, two episodes ago on the podcast about the possible emergence of Tanner Rainey. Um, and I was saying how these two teams, the Astros and the Yankees, both work deep counts against starting pitching. And that's exactly what happened tonight is they didn't chase. They uh, you know, were very patient. They worked counts, and they were able to get Scherzer out after five. And I think you know from after those five innings – Davey had to get four more innings yep. out of his bullpen. And I think Davey did a very good job with the bullpen. Um, I think you know going to Corbin was 100% the right move. If you win tonight, there's far less pressure on game three. So you can go Anibal versus uh, versus Cranky because you're not going to be down 0-2 at that point. You're, at the worst case scenario, you're down 1-1. So this was 100% the right move. You win tonight, you worry about game three tomorrow. 
then going to Rainey. I mean, I will say this. Rainey still looked good tonight. Those three balls to Bregman, those sliders, amazing takes. Those were all sliders missing an inch below the, the zone. And his fastball was hitting 100. Even that homer to Springer, I mean, that's just a good hitter beating a good fastball. That's fastball oh, yeah. way not, inside, I'm and it's 99 on the inner half. Springer is a ludicrous no. postseason hitter. It was a, I would have been madder yeah. about a walk than a home run there. Yeah. So I, I, you can't really fault Rainey for that. I mean, that walk to Brantley was bad. Um, but besides that, I mean, he had a good approach against Bregman, throwing him the sliders away that Bregman just was able to spit on, even though they were so sharp. And then, you know, whether or not you leave Rainey in for Bregman was debatable. But then going to get Hudson right after, you know, having Hudson up that inning, knowing that you have a short leash for Rainey was Absolutely. very smart. I, I, I think just throughout this postseason, Davey has shown the knowledge of his bullpen and knowing who can get what outs and where. And that's exactly what he showed tonight with the knowledge that Rainey, you need to have a short leash. You can't expect him to go an inning. And you have to have Hudson up and ready to get those final that final out. And that's exactly what happened. At that point, the Nats had a three-run lead when they brought in Rainey. That they needed nine more outs. They thought, you know, obviously you could have gone to Hudson to start the seventh inning. But they thought they could steal a couple of outs with Rainey. And Rainey did his best. And I don't disagree with them at that point. You don't disagree with – I mean, he was – to me, what was so impressive about Davies managing was he seemed to know exactly how far he could let Rainey go. I would have probably yeah. yanked him before Bregman. But I, I am impressed that he managed to have Hudson throwing behind Rainey, which was the important thing. There yeah. was no way of knowing how many outs Rainey was going to be able to give you but he was prepared. And yeah, I completely agree on the Corbin move. Just mm-hmm. and Corbin was not particularly sharp today, but he got the three outs he needed. Um, no. And like everybody on Twitter who's saying you should have left Corbin in. No, no. You shouldn't have left Corbin in. That was the right move to pull him. He was able to get the three outs that he needed. And he looked shake. I mean, he didn't have any fastball command. But luckily, his slider looked good enough compared to Scherzer's off-speed stuff, where the 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 Astros were very yeah, aggressive and, against it. You know, that was really the one inning where the Astros managed to go out of the zone the, with with a lot of regularity. Uh, they really helped. I think there was an at bat to Martin Maldonado where Corbin didn't throw a single strike, uh, and he still got the strikeout. Uh, so I think. I mean, either Corbin had a, a deceptively good slider or they were starting to feel it. Uh, but they, I mean, just that eighth inning was immensely stressful with Hudson tiring, yeah. with Hudson giving up a long fly ball to the track that in all honesty should have gone out, but then should have been caught as well. Uh, and then facing Altuve and then bringing a Doolittle to face Bregman. Uh Man. Yeah. I'm glad. I think Altuve is the worst matchup for Doolittle in this entire lineup because Doolittle loves to go to the high fastball, and that's exactly where Altuve lives. I was nervous about Gurriel as well because Gurriel, I know that there was a lot 
times where Doolittle uses a fastball inside off the plate as an out pitch against righties, and you can't do that against Gurriel. But uh, no, I mean, just going back to something you made me think of when you're talking about Gurriel is the double off Scherzer. I mean, that pitch was so far inside. Just the way Gurriel is able to clear his hands inside and barrel that ball, it's so impressive. I mean, that was just an impressive swing from Gurriel. I don't really fault Scherzer for that pitch. No, no, it was a good pitch. It was a good pitch call, especially when he didn't really have great slider command or or, or great fastball command. But uh, sometimes good hitting beats good pitching. Uh, Nothing you can do about that. Yep, that's exactly what happened there. Nope. And that's what happened pretty much all night with the Astros. I mean, they just they're just so good hitters. And the Nationals were able to barely beat them. And it's just remarkable that that yeah. was able to happen. I mean, they they stole this game. Had absolutely no business winning it. The Astros left I don't know how many on base. It seems like a thousand. Uh I could look this up, yeah. but I mean, it seemed like every inning. It seemed like every inning they left Multiple players on base. Yeah, I mean, well, there there was only one clean inning, all well, two clean innings all two. game for the Nats. The fifth and the ninth. The fifth, where Max Scherzer came out at ninety six pitches against three, four, five in the order, having absolutely no stuff left, and managed to go one, two, three, and yep. then the ninth, where Doolittle goes out against four, five, six, three very difficult matchups for him and manages to strike out the probable league MVP in Bregman and then get a harmless flyout on a 2-0 pitch from uh, from Gurriel and then Correa lines to center. I mean, that was so impressive. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking through. So I scored this game tonight. Um, I was telling you about this earlier, but I'll tell the listeners. I did score this game tonight. I'm just going through the scorecard right now. I'm just fin- finishing filling it out. I mean... Every guy who I mean Guriel came up in a big situation for the for the Astros and Doolittle was able to get him out. Alvarez came up in a huge situation. He had a great game for the Astros and Hudson was able to get him out. You know, these guys had particularly great games tonight. And yet in the big moment our our guys were able to get him out. And if you had told me back on April or on May twenty fourth or whenever we, we talk about in the first half, first two months of the season that the Nats bullpen was able to survive the Astros lineup for four innings to win a game one of the World Series, it would have been, I would not have believed you. So the Astros left 11 on base this game, which is an incredibly high number. But they also, and this is a fascinating fact to me, in the regular season, they only struck out 11 or more times, 19 times, which in this day and age is insane. And they struck out 12 times today. I mean, if you were to tell me that the Nats only got five innings out of Max Scherzer and they were facing Garrett Cole and they won the game, I don't know that I could come up with a situation in which that happened. Uh, I don't think you could have written the script to this game beforehand. But it happened. They've got the one win that they needed to leave Houston with already. Tomorrow is gravy. Uh, And... If they win tomorrow, you start, and I hate to say this, planning parade routes down Independence <laughs> Avenue. Or Constitution, probably. That sound is me knocking on wood. I don't have any faux wood in this apartment, so you're going to have to It's also faux wood. 
And I said if. Okay, I'm hedging here. I mean, that's still a big if. And up to nothing on the road, yeah, you feel great. But you never know. Still baseball. Um, Now, looking forward to tomorrow, it's Verlander versus Strasburg. Mm -hmm. And that's a game. I mean, if you're looking at these two games, Scherzer versus Cole, Verlander versus Strasburg, tomorrow's game is the game you feel more confident in. And Strasburg is a lot better than Verlander has his postseason. And, I mean, Verlander is second in the Cy Young voting this year. Strasburg's probably third in the NL. Uh, So it's, it's a game that you feel like you can also still win, especially the way that the Nats were able to attack Cole and their approach against Cole and still get hits against Cole. You know, you have to feel good about getting some runs against Verlander. Well, yeah, given given that they managed to get eight hits and five runs off of Cole, it's not like Cole was putting guys on and the Nats were cashing in with runners in scoring position. They no. were hitting their way aboard. Yeah. I mean, every inning. I mean, Cole had one clean inning, as yeah. I said earlier. It's, it's, I mean... He only cool. walked one. Yeah. And now, granted, that started the three-run rally in the fifth, but still. Yeah. And that's just put together good at bat after good at bat in that inning. I mean... It, they, they did the little things right. They advanced a runner to third on a fly ball. Anthony Rendon beat out a possible double play ball. They did everything you had to do to score runs off of Cole, and they, they managed to do it. Uh, One thing that leads me to believe that this year is incredibly different than any other year is that catcher interference call on Josh <laughs> Reddick in the fourth inning. And they had a runner on first, um, and Reddick swung... And he hit Kurt Suzuki's glove. I mean, Josh Reddick is he set the record for catcher's interference in a year once. This is what he's known for. He has a long swing to the plate, and he always can is able and he stands back in the box and he's able to clip the glove. It's what he's known for. And the fact that that wasn't called just shows you. I mean, we know from experience it was a batter's interference last time, but with the Nats, but we know from experience that's not a reviewable call. Yeah. Um, so just the fact that that went our way for once yep. just leads sometimes me to believe. Sometimes it's your year and sometimes your breaks go your way. Exactly. So far this postseason, the breaks have pretty much every, all gone the Nats. Every way. break, I mean, from the ball skidding left on Trent Grisham to Dave Roberts managing like with his head up his ass to the Cardinals uh, offense forgetting how to hit after scoring 10 runs in the first in Game 5. It's just everything has gone well, the Nats' to, way so to far. To the Cardinals scoring those 10 runs in Game 5 and producing and a much easier matchup for the Nats. Exactly. It's just every little thing. And that's what has to happen when you if you win a World Series. Every, things have to go your way. And it's finally the tide is turning, and it finally looks like things are shaping up for the Nats. By winning this game, the Nats have flipped the odds on this series. Yep. Whereas before this game, you would probably call the Astros around 60% favorites to win the series. Now, you would have to call the Nats presumptive favorites. And that's not a thing I feel comfortable saying, uh, given the strength of this Astros team. But the Nats now, at the very worst, will come in to game three as a, a quote-unquote best-of-five series, uh, not needing to win a single other game against Curland- or Verlander and Cole, uh, and with home field advantage. They'll have yep. three of the five games at home. And it's 
It's a great position to be in. Oh, yeah. You, you cannot ask for better positioning after this. I mean, the fact that you're able to do something that nobody else since May has been able to do just shows how... It just shows how underrated this offense was coming in. Yeah. Uh, it, it just shows how nobody really has read this team correctly all year. No one's really understood what makes this team work. And I think that's a lot of credit to give to Davey Martinez and the coaching staff. The fact that he's been able to... And I think that's also an advantage for the Nationals, too. Uh, is the fact that they've been able to come in with with these... Low expectations, especially for the World Series, and out exceed them. Yeah, I mean, the, the Nats weren't expected in on May twenty fourth to do anything. Uh, nope. They weren't expected when they were down three one in the eighth inning of the wild card game to win that game and and keep advancing. They weren't expected coming into the Dodgers series. I mean. There was a lot of discourse before that Dodgers series started about how the Nats were huge underdogs. You know, just looking at the, the win differential, I thought that that was misguided perhaps even more so than the discourse around this Astros series. But they managed to prove them, you know, prove the sort of conventional wisdom wrong, and they won that series. Uh, and I think everyone sort of had the Nats as favorites in that Cardinals series, but no one expected them to dominate like they did. Uh, even I, I called Nats in six. I did not see Nats in four coming. Uh, and now no. they're here, and somehow from 19 and 31, I would call them now the favorites to win the World Series, and that feels... Very odd to say, but it's it's probably true. Yeah. So that's it for us tonight. Um, we'll be back at you tomorrow. Maybe who knows when we'll be back at you. Uh, yeah. If they win tomorrow, we'll be back at you. If we even they if don't, they lose, we might. I mean, I don't even know what we're talking about if they lost, but right. You know, we'll see. So yeah, we'll, we'll be back at ear. you. We'll play it by ear. You'll know if there's another episode if you're listening to it. So yep. until. Then, uh, let's go Nats. Go Nats.